What's up, everyone? It's The Geek, and I'm here with Alex Caruso from Fresh Fantasy, and we're taking a look at the top 12 fantasy players for 2022. Let's do this. Got the best coaches in the game. <laughs> we really ain't playing. We regroup up in the Slack chat where the coaches debrief. We be piecing these puzzles, occupy the chunk of the pie. Ain't no lie when we hit the block, helmets casket is top. You be seeing helmet after helmet, helmet after helmet. First place, second place, fifth place, eighth place, twelfth place, fifteen, sixteen, twenty. So many helmets, you got blur vision, we got too many. Dick the check. Oh man. All right, welcome back, and I am excited to have an up-and-coming fantasy analyst that I've been following for the better part of the last year and a half to break down the top 12 fantasy players for next season. What's going on, Alex? Welcome to the show. Kevin, I appreciate you having me. I'm excited to be here, excited to break down the top 12. Like you said, it's going to be – our top 12s are probably going to change from now until September, but I'm excited to look back on this you know, a few months from now and see what we were originally thinking, and that can help weed out some of the bad thoughts that we probably have when – you know, like you were talking about before the show, when the offseason tends to poison our mind a little bit. So I'm excited to be here. 100%. What I try to do – and actually I'm getting comments like, hey, why aren't you taking a break? But there is no break because – Here's what happens, Alex, in the offseason every year, right? We we come out of the NFL season with some ideas in our head. Who do we like? What's doing well? What are we seeing with our eyes, right? And then the noise starts to hit. I'm looking at rankings. I'm looking at your rankings. I'm looking at, you know, different ranking systems, looking all around like, hey, what does the field think? I'm And, and I'm starting to see names that I'm like, hey, oh, what's that guy doing? What's that guy doing in, in the top 10? And wait, am I crazy? Maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to tell you a couple of situations last year where, you know, we, we we looked mid like I found very strange. Like I saw last season going into the season, I found it very strange. For example, that later in the season, everybody was ranking Brandon Ayuk ahead of Debo Samuel. I thought it was weird. I was like, I was asking, I was I was asking around, why 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 do people think this? Like, what's going on? Is it recency bias? What's happening here? Um, same thing with Woods over Cup. A lot of weird situations last season where, and then. You know, it starts to convince you. Oh, maybe they're right. Maybe I'm wrong. So I love doing a show right after the Super Bowl. And that's why we're here on Tuesday. Super Bowl Tuesday. To break down our top 12 PPR standard. No, we're not talking Superflex here. Superflex muddies the water, Alex. Do you like Superflex fantasy football at all? Are you a Superflex guy? This is my first year ever playing Superflex in the startup dynasty I just did last week. So I, I don't have an opinion on it. I keep, keep telling people, keep telling me to try it, but I've traditionally been like a redraft, half PPR, full PPR kind of guy. I love Superflex and I love Dynasty Superflex. That's all I play at okay. this point, especially with Dynasty. I only play Superflex because the cheat code for many, many years in regular fantasy football was just realizing being smarter than the field. You might have even seen a TikTok I made. I found you on TikTok. You might have seen a TikTok I made. I had one that did pretty well where I said, listen, I've got your cheat code for 2021, last year, 
right? And I said, here's here's a simple thing because I know that the crowd on TikTok is younger and maybe not as experienced in playing fantasy football for a lot of years. So, you know, for what an old hack like me, this is how I've been winning for you know 20 years. I hey, I understood that quarterback is de-emphasized in standard fantasy football. And my video was just take Jalen Hurts with the last quarterback pick. Yeah. Don't take one early. Just wait. Take Jalen Hurts. You will have an advantage on every other player in your league who took, you know, a Pat Mahomes in round three or or a Josh Allen in round three or whatever, because you waited longer and got just as good of a fantasy producer. And who cares? It's quarterback. Even if he didn't work out, big deal. Pick up another one off the bench. They're always readily available in season law in, in standard leagues. But in Superflex, you cannot wait. Quarterback is as important or more important as your running back. And you'll find that in your dynasty league. I hope you took some studly quarterbacks because it is brutal playing in a super flex dynasty with no quarter. And you will see that the value of a quarterback is actually above the value of a, a stud running back. Like, you know, Jonathan Taylor, no big deal. So let's get right into it, Alex. I'm going to start with you and we're going to go back and forth with our top 12. You'll give me yours. I'll give you mine. And we'll see where we match up and we can debate a little bit. So we are talking full PPR because that's the only kind of league that anybody should ever play in anyway. Get rid of your standard leagues. It's enough. No more. Enough with that. Who is your number one overall player for 2022? We're starting at the top. Non-superflex, right? Not superflex. We are standard PPR, standard um, standard format. All right. Well, my my number one player, I think, is the guy that you know wowed us this year, and I think we've seen the last couple of years where these number one picks, you know, tend to get hurt. You know, they're, they're not as consistent the next year. And I think I'm going to have to go with the guy that I believe is the safest player, didn't have an injury history in college, was one of two running backs to play all 17 games in the NFL last year, and that's Jonathan Taylor. I think this one's a little bit of an easy one for me. Do I like Jonathan Taylor as the best possible player here? Probably not. I think I'd rather prefer someone else in terms of best player. But in terms of safest player with a ton of upside, JT is the guy for me at the 1.01. Um, that was an easy one. Jonathan Taylor, I have him as my number one player as well. We saw Jonathan Taylor elevate from this weird sort of thing that they were doing with an RBBC in 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 uh, uh, you know in Indianapolis for a little bit into the workhorse that he deserves to be. I love running backs on a team that produce points to the running back position, and I love running backs on teams that emphasize the run. You know that the Colts come into every single game going, "Let's lean on Jonathan Taylor," and if we have to. You know, we'll let Carson throw a few, but let's keep it, Let you know, let's keep that to a minimum. So totally agree. No injury history there. He is the blue chip prospect. And I, I have him and one other player in my top tier. There's a two-man tier for me. So I'm going to go with my number two because it's going to be maybe a little surprising. Okay. It's not going to be who you expect. Or I don't think so. Number two overall player, I'm going with Cooper Cup. Like that. That's right. Breaking from the orthodoxy of exclusive running backs, I'm going Cooper Cup. This guy scored 28 fantasy points per game this season. He scored Christian McCaffrey level production, running back level. Why don't why don't we like running wide receivers early? Because we feel that running backs are more consistent. Not when it's Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup more consistent than any running back this year. I'm taking Cooper Cup as my number two pick. What do you say, Alex? I love it. I, I say I absolutely love it, Kevin. My number two pick is actually Austin Eckler. Um, I think it, availability is the best kind of – I mean, 
availability is the best kind of ability. He's been one of the healthiest running backs in the league in his five seasons. I know people, you know, love to knock him because he's a smaller guy, but I mean, he's really held up pretty well. I mean, the last couple of years, I mean, only missed six games or I think eight total games over his first five seasons, um, which I think is a great number. He's locked into a great quarterback, locked into a great offense with a good offensive line and the pass catching ability. So Austin Eckler is my number two, but to go off your point, I also have Cooper Cup at number three. I was completely with you on everything that you said. Cooper Cup is my number three guy. I think people are, you know, a little bit too concerned that he's just going to go back to not really being that great. But people forget that he's been a, I mean, he's been a top five wide receiver, what, two out of the last three years now? And then just not only dominated the regular season, I personally said, Kevin, you know what? Maybe he won't dominate in the postseason. And what did he do? He dominated in the postseason. He dominated in the biggest moments on the biggest stage. How can you not believe in this guy? Cooper Cup, number three for me. Um, yeah, I love it. So you're on board with, I, 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 that's a bold call out. You're, you're in the bold zone. You're on the bold call podcast with a bold call because you will not see Cooper cup ranked this high by most other, um, people. They are going to say what you said. He might regress. Maybe it was a fluke. I didn't think it was a fluke this year. You know, what was a fluke. The fact that this guy played with Jared Goff, his whole <laughs> career, that guy sucks. That guy sucks. Let's not forget that. Matthew Stafford took a mediocre to not very good Kenny Galladay and made him look like a superstar. Imagine what he's doing. We see what he's doing with an actual good wide receiver and and uh, with an actual elite wide receiver. So Cooper Cup, everything that you need and want to carry your team to a fantasy championship next year. My number three player is a forgotten player, Derrick Henry. And I'm going right back to D. Rockefeller because... Henry, we th- he's not an injury guy. Henry steps on your ankle, you break your ankle. He doesn't break his ankle. He had the foot thing, came back quick. Now there's a little bit of nerves, but let's not forget that Derrick Henry was emerging, not just as a yardage and touchdowns back, which we love anyway, because 200 yards is what Derrick Henry produces in those kind of games, but actually catching passes and being used in the passing game, three, four receptions per game um, this year, when he was healthy. So I'm going right back to Derrick Henry. I know I'm going to be able to get him after pick number three, but I don't care. I'm taking him and I see him um, in, in, in a tier, which this is my tier two in a tier with Christian McCaffrey. So number three and number four for me, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, self-explanatory. We know who he is, what he does. There's some injury risk there. We're nervous. He's gotten hurt a lot lately. What are you going to do? Um, I'm, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm just saying when Christian McCaffrey's healthy, he is probably the best scoring player in all of fantasy football. So I'll take my shot on him with pick number four. What do you say? Yeah, I, I say I 100% agree. Christian McCaffrey is also my number four. He's the only running back to average over 24 fantasy points per game in four straight years. No minimum on games played in the years, at least. He only missed one game in college, never missed a game in his first three seasons of NFL football. And as in a study by Edwin Porras for fantasy points, Edwin's amazing. If you don't follow him, go follow him. But he said that college availability in terms of injuries is the best predictor of future NFL availability availability and Christian McCaffrey was flawless I mean with injuries in college I think it's the same thing with Joe Mixon where people he's get hurt one or two years and all of a sudden people are fading him to the moon but people like you said Kevin forget that when this guy is on the field he is the best player in all of fantasy football the last thing I'd like to say is that if you took Christian McCaffrey's 2019 season and took away all 30 of his touchdowns he still would outscore Jonathan Taylor 
I mean, he's just that good. Christian McCaffrey, I'm buying him in at number four. And my number five going off where you said with Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry is also my number five. Same thing with Christian McCaffrey, only missed two games in his first five seasons. Top five running back each of the last three years, well, on pace at least this year in 2021 before injury. You can't get a bet against him. The only reason I don't have him higher like where you have him is because I think foot injuries with players don't seem to usually work out the first year. I think there's not a lot of players I can think of when I was going through today in my research that they have a foot injury one year and the next year they're back to fully themselves. They're healthy. Who's the one guy you'd probably bet on to do that? Probably Derrick Henry. But for that reason, he's my number five. Derrick Henry's not human. And um, listen, yep. I hurt my foot like five years ago. It still hurts. So I get you. It's still hurting me now. I don't know how those things ever get better. Um, but Derrick Henry did come back. And I love that he came back um, as quickly as he did. Uh, so I love it. I think let's go, let's go two more to six and then I, I will do a little sidebar. But so my next two fifth and, and for me, that ends a tier, right? This was an area for me after pick number four, where I said, you know what? This is a, this is a big teardrop. Christian, Christian McCaffrey comes off the board. You're like, uh Oh, wait a minute. What am I going to do? Right? Real choices. So a, a significant teardrop happening here, but I'm going with a little bit of youth at the running back position here. I love the fresh young legs. Right. I'm going with the youth. I, there's some temptation to go with a Dalvin Cook here, some of the elderly gentlemen of the position. But I'm going the opposite. And my next two in a row are going to be Najee Harris and Javante Williams. Now, with Najee Harris, there is some risk. We don't know who the quarterback is going to be for the Steelers, but I have a little bit of faith. I will change this pick if it's Mace Rudolph or some some somebody like that. But I have faith. And, or if it's some rookie that is going to be terrible, as the rookie class probably will be this year. But I have faith that the Steelers will get this figured out, bring in somebody um, who is decent. And assuming that does happen, I'm going with I'm going with Najee Harris here. Young uh, uh, legs, tons of work, all the touches on his team. They're going to need him to catch passes. And be after him, and I might like Javante a little bit more. Right now, the situation with Javante is in in question we don't know if melvin gordon is going to be brought back if melvin gordon comes back obviously this will have to change but i'm going under the assumption that melvin gordon signs somewhere else maybe they bring in uh, a carlos hyde style backup running back to back up javante why wouldn't you he's a top pick you took him to be your stud running back and we saw what what javante did given the workload again Going back to the Broncos, that is a team that produces points traditionally to the running back position. They want to run the football. Give me Javante Williams right there. Javante and Najee Harris, a couple of young guys. What do you say? Ooh, I, I like that. I like that. I do not have Javante in my top 12. I do have Najee. We'll get to him later. Uh, but my number six pick is, is Devontae Adams. I think normally I would not have a wide receiver this high, but it is PPR. And we saw how unavailable running backs were last year, even the top ones. It wasn't just go get a top guy like I was trying to do in every league. Um, Devontae would be my number six pick. He's been a top three wide receiver three of the last four years. It seems like in all likelihood Aaron Rodgers will be back, similar to Javante if Aaron Rodgers is not back, if he retires or gets traded to the Broncos, maybe with Javante. Um I think that Devontae is a top two wide receiver in fantasy football still. I absolutely love him, and I would be taking him at number six. Love it. And I have to say, I've got Devontae Adams at number seven, so we are we are similar <laughs> in our thought process. Now, real quick, real quick, I want to go to a couple questions from the audience. So, first of all, Gino, what the hell is going on? What do you mean? 
haven't played fantasy football? This is mad. This is madness. Um, if you get on the Sleeper app, they are my favorite app for fantasy football. I'm sorry, not a paid plug. They're not sponsoring the show. But I like the Sleeper app. And Sleeper is doing a lot of things where um, they're allowing, they're facilitating the leagues. Uh, what I've done is on the Sleeper, there, there are these groups and you get in there and they're like, hey, I'm starting up a new dynasty. And it's all done via league safe. So you feel comfortable with your funds. Um, if you don't want to, so sleeper has setups like that for dynasty, Gino, just hit me up. Like I got, I got people starting dynasty leagues every two weeks at this point, pre-draft post-draft we're all degenerates. Um, I'm in seven or eight dynasty leagues already. Um, so check that out. And I also want to mention for everybody watching the show, before we continue, we got our top seven in before we continue. I want to mention, um, if you're a DFS army subscriber and you have the NFL season pass, we do our NFL season pass as a 12-month package. So our season passes are live right now. And one of the cool things about it is, of course, you get our full DFS package, which is what DFS Army is all about. But it also comes with the full offseason of fantasy football content. We're going to have the bowl call, of course, rankings, best ball leagues all throughout the offseason. Best ball doesn't end. There are big best ball contests happening right now ahead of the NFL draft. Alex, you ever do any best ball? A little underdog fantasy? I have not done any best Ooh. ball yet. All right. We got to talk after this. Love best ball. Uh, great apps for it. You can do it pre-NFL pre draft that ends at the draft. So you're taking risks, of course, but everybody in the same boat. They've got them post-draft. They've got them leading up to the season. Lots of awesome best ball. I make more money in my ROI in best ball is ridiculous. Like I can show it to you. It is ridiculous. Uh, it's better than DFS. It's better than everything because it's just very easy to beat. There's a strategy to it and it's very, very beatable. So we talk about that and we'll be doing uh podcasts on that throughout the off season as well. All right, let's continue. So we are up to number seven. I said, my, you're number six. I got Devonte Adams is my number seven. So we're, we're of the same mind. What I love about Devontae, and again, this assumes, I think we're both under the assumption that Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay and that Devontae Adams stays in Green Bay. Devontae Adams with anyone else? No. Uh, so as long as he's with Aaron Rodgers, he is 1A to Cooper Cups 1, right? He is the, he is the second man up, but I love Devontae Adams in that spot. So... Who do you have next after after Devontae? Who do you have seven eight? This is this is where I had a really tough time, you know, going in these because I think that what people don't understand is that they think that there's like massive gaps sometimes between these players. And at this point, I'm just splitting hairs between seven and twelve. And my number seven is actually Justin Jefferson. Again, partially because of how concerned I am about these running back injuries. I know there was less running backs than there have been since 2000 to play at least 70% of the snaps. There was only six running backs in the entire league to play at least 70% of the snaps, which is why I'm feeling a little bit more wide receiver heavy. Justin Jefferson, his first two years, the wide receiver six and wide receiver four in PPR. I expect him to take another year three leap. Adam Thielen is a year older and a year probably more injured. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback to play with Justin Jefferson. I don't care what anyone says. Justin Jefferson's as safe as it gets. He's as good as it gets. A fantasy football star for years to come. And I think that Justin Jefferson is worthy of a number seven pick for week-to-week -week consistency. I love it. That's why they call it the bold call, because you are not going to hear Justin Jefferson in the top 12 of most breakdowns. Probably not. People don't have the balls to put Jeff uh, to go off script and, and, and elevate 
uh, a young, not maybe the WR1, into that first round. And we all feel, again, like we are supposed to be taking running backs here. But you're right. You know what happened the last two years? I, I've, I've never been a big fan of zero RB or any of that, right? It's never been my thing. I, I always kind of think it was stupid. But I have to say, in the last couple of years, we've seen that the running back position is so injured. Even if your guy doesn't get hurt, what happens is you're just able to pick up fill-ins, uh, especially in deeper leagues. You're able to pick up fill-ins that you do just fine. How about Rashad Penny late season as a fill-in? How about, uh, you know, a lot of these guys like, um, uh, man, I you know, I'm going to have a hard time recalling the names, but the running back from the Bears who filled in. who Khalil who, Herbert. Uh, Khalil Herbert, that's right. And Dearness Johnson from the Browns who filled in for a couple games. So what you see is you're able to fill in and sort of just waddle your way through the running back position. A lot of you, you, you know, I got to this, I got to the uh, a championship and one with Rashad Penny and with, uh, you know, the number, the third string, who the hell was this guy? The third string running back for, for Detroit when Swift was out. I can't even remember his name, but. Oh, you Craig Reynolds? Yes. Starting, starting in the plat. Wow. That league, they're so pissed. They're like, dude, you won with Craig Reynolds and freaking Rashad Penny, and you won the league. Yes, I did. Won a league. Craig Reynolds, five, seven fantasy points the last week of the season. Like, it didn't matter. So you you can fill in. You could take these wide receivers early. I like to pick. And speaking of the Lions, at number eight, I've got – so I'll do my eight and nine. At number eight, I've got the aforementioned Swift. Hey. Now, if I know you're a big Swift fan. I, I saw it on the Twitter profile. So what do I like about Swift? Listen, I think he can take another step forward in terms of his running running up the gut and, and his workload this year. But the PPR upside of this kid is massive. Um, he is a wide receiver and running back all in one. I want to see a little bit more of the running back part, and I would love to see Detroit suck less than they do. Um, I hate running backs. I'm not a big fan of running backs from bad teams. And Detroit is definitely a bad team, but the role that Swift plays is so pass heavy that it makes up for it in PPR leagues. And he's an explosive guy. He, I, I think he's, you know, talent wise, and this might be distracting me talent wise. I thought he was the best running back coming out in his uh, draft class. So I'm still maybe a little enamored by the talent. What do you think? I love Swift. Uh, he's personally not in my top 12 just because, again, I mean, I think he's going to hold up injury-wise. I think to me he's just outside of my top 12. But, I mean, you know, everyone that knows me on Twitter or TikTok knows how much I love DeAndre Swift, so I'm always for the hype. I would just have other guys that I would prefer a little bit, but I, I love the Swift pick. I don't think there's any spot almost that taking Swift is too high. Uh, me personally, at number eight, I don't love this, but I think he's just way too talented to have this low. And it's Dalvin Cook for me. He's never played more than 14 games in a season, but you could also say the other flip side of it is the last three or four years, he's never missed more than four games in a season. He's an unbelievable talent. I think he's a top five running back in fantasy, obviously, when healthy. But he's the least healthy player I have my entire top 12 list, so he's dangerous. But when you get a guy like we were talking about Christian McCaffrey at four, I think Dalvin Cook is somewhere at eight. When the player is that talented, you have to take him. And for once in Dalvin Cook's career, his touchdown luck was not very good this year. He, he did not have a lot of touchdowns relative to his touches and relative to his normal touchdown rates. So I expect it to regress. I don't like the injuries, but to me, he's worth it at eight. And did you already give your nine? Do you want me to give my nine as well? Go ahead. All right, my number nine. 
is Joe Mixon. You know, I'm sticking with these 26-year-old running backs, and maybe that's not a smart thing, and I should be going for more of the younger guys like you are. But Joe Mixon was the running back four in 2021. He's played 16 games in two out of the last three seasons, and he's played at least 14 games in four out of the five seasons he's played in his career, you know, dating back to the old 16-game seasons all the way back two-plus years ago. Um, but Joe Mixon is a great offense that he's playing with a good offensive line coach. Frank Pollack was a big reason that I really believed in him this year. And he, again, he's younger. He doesn't miss a lot of games. And again, we saw that in the Super Bowl that when Joe Mixon's not on the field, bad things happen. He plays one of the highest snap percentages in the league for the Bengals. Again, I think he's safe. I think he's a great player. I think he's a great talent. And I think he's a great pick at the end of the first round. I like the Joe Mixon pick. And here's a fun fact that you might not know. Ooh. Joe Mixon was a member of the uh, of the DraftKings Millie Maker winning lineup six times this season. Wow. Which is an exorbitantly high. I mean, that is an incredibly high ratio, yep. right? And always at low ownership. And the reason is because Joe Mixon really is a fluctuating player. Like he has the 30-point game, the 35, and then it's like an eight. And I don't know what's up with that, but he's definitely a player that gets wide range of outcomes. I think a little, I think a little bit of it. Um, in my study is due to he's just not a great pass blocker. He's actually one of the worst pass blocking running backs in the NFL. And and um, so maybe the terrible offensive line of the Bengals has something to do with that. But they that's the reason they seem to take him out um, on occasion for P. Ryan or when they're in that pass heavy. We need to play catch up mode. But I think this Bengals team has turned a corner and we're not going to see as much of them kind of trailing and playing from behind as we've seen in the past few seasons. So I like the Mixon pick, and he's right there for me too. So these next two picks for me, 9 and 10, are uh, guys that you've already mentioned. I'll actually go my next three because there are three guys that you've already mentioned. So I'll get us to 11 with Eckler at 9, the aforementioned. Now I'm a little lower on Eckler than you are, primarily because he just doesn't score touchdowns, and that annoys me. Yeah. You know, it's just the touchdown thing. I, I want more tutties uh, for my guys. I got Mixon here at 10 and Dalvin Cook at 11. And one thing I'll add for Dalvin Cook is one of the things I love about Dalvin is he's very handcuffable. When you get Dalvin, you need – now, I don't know if it's going to be Alexander Madison this year. I don't know. Uh, I, he might be a free agent, I, I think. But whoever it is, you need the backup. When, because at the very least, when you have the backup, you've locked up what is a very lucrative uh, backfield situation. So, like, when I play best ball, if I got Dalvin Cook – Last year, I make sure I have Alexander Madison, and that rode me through an entire season. Hey, I had a running back scoring points every single week. So I like players that are very cuffable, and Dalvin is very handcuffable. So I think you're at number 10. Uh, yes. My, my number 10 is a player that you mentioned earlier, and that's Najee Harris. I mean, running back three in 2021, again, he was the other running back to play all 17 games this year besides Jonathan Taylor, led the NFL in touches. The only reason I have him this low is just because of the uncertainty on offense. And we saw with Big Ben, obviously, volume is king. And I remember I, I put out a stat on TikTok that people I was getting roasted for is that it was like 98% of running backs that have at least 320 touches in the season are, are running back, are top eight running backs. Top eight when they have 320 touches. So if Najee's healthy, he's going to get that. But I just think because the uncertain offense, I think it caps his upside a little bit. But that's un that's hypocritical of me to say because he literally just had an uncertain offense and finishes the running back three. I just trust a little bit of these guys talent-wise a little bit more. I trust their offenses a little bit more above them. That's why I'm willing to take it. But if you want to take Najee higher, I have no problem with that. And my number 11 to match with you, this is where I really struggled. But it's Tyreek Hill. 
I mean, Tyree mm-hmm. missed more than one game, just one time in six seasons. The last four years, he's finished as the wide receiver one, 31, two, and six. He's tied to the best QB in the NFL. He's been great every year, but regardless of the competition that he faces target-wise with Travis Kelsey, I think he's entering his prime at age 27. And I just think he's a ridiculous talent that is good every year in and out. But the one thing that, of course, Kevin, I know you're going to bring up is his consistency, which is a little bit, you know, tough to deal with. But I'm going to lean on him being more like last season, where he actually was more consistent week to week with the boom games rather than last this year, this past year, where he was a little bit less consistent. But I'm willing to take him at 11. Yeah, I think he's the perfect kind of player to take there. Again, a, a guy like uh, Tyreek Hill will carry you seven weeks of the year where your rest of your team can have just done nothing. And this guy got you 40, 50, anybody who has that level of upside. And, and we saw a little bit of a tailing off of Travis Kelsey's effectiveness this year as well. I don't know if that's going to continue next year. I think it could be just one year of a little bit of kind of like just, just a little variance for Kelsey. Um, Tyreek had really good volume this season, uh, much better than in past years too, where he was seeing that eight, nine, 10, 11 targets really consistently this year, even if the production wasn't always there. You know, um, Mahomes had that weird kind of stretch of games where he was off um, as well, which which affected Tyreek. But I, I like Tyreek Hill. This is a tough spot for me, um, you know, this part of the draft, because there's a lot of players that belong here. You know, Swaggy P in the comments talking about Jamar Chase. This is a little soon for Jamar Chase for me in redraft. I do like Jamar Chase as the second number two overall dynasty wide receiver. So he'd be my number two, maybe my number two overall pick or, or right up there in dynasty at, at the wide receiver position. But it's a little soon for Chase. He's a little inconsistent. He's really a seven or eight targets per game guy. That's not enough for me um, to pay up into the first round. I'm going to give one more chance to Alvin Kamara with my number 12 pick. And I'm, I'm not a big, you know, this number 12, this is a drop for Alvin Kamara. But we have to see who the quarterback is for the Saints. I like him less maybe if um, Taysom Hill is just the starter there. But I like him more if they bring in somebody like Teddy Bridgewater, some like a like a pocket passer that will throw to him. Mark Ingram is going to be gone. I don't think he's going to have a lot of competition for touches. So with my last pick in the first round in my top 12, I'm going to put Alvin Kamara in there for better or worse. What do you say? I love it. I love it. Fun fact about Alvin Kamara, he's played five seasons, and his lowest, his worst finish in fantasy football was the running back nine in five seasons. That's pretty amazing. Obviously, the availability is a little bit in question with some of the -the off-the-field stuff going on. Hopefully, they get that sorted out for better or for worse. But Alvin Kamara, like you said, is an amazing talent. And I feel like we've had a great show here, Kevin. I appreciate you having me on, but this is I'm a little scared how you're going to feel about this one. But I have Jamar Chase at 12. Ah. Uh, I'm going to lean into my guy, Drew Ozenchuk, DFB encounter, who I consider one of the best dynasty analysts out there. And he basically said that Jamar Chase is like could be as good, if not better, than Calvin Johnson. And I trust that guy as much as anybody in the fantasy football community. And I thought he was right on more than just about anybody else this year. And Jamar Chase, I think, is a generational talent. He is an amazing quarterback. He's going to have an amazing career. I know this isn't dynasty, but... Jamar Chase was still above Tyreek Hill this year, finishing as the wide receiver five. And I think the targets are going to go up. I think guys like that, we're only going to see the targets go up. I don't think he's just going to be a seven or eight target a game, but obviously they have a very 
big offense with a lot of different guys that can blow up week to week and his consistency is a little bit hurting. But the last thing I'll say real quick, if I can, I know I'm being a little long-winded. It's just that normally any other year, this list would be almost all running backs for me. But because of the injuries and because of the constant decrease in snap percentage, this is why I have so many wide receivers in this list. And I might be clowning myself, you know, six months from now saying running backs all the way like I've always been. But Chase is a guy I'm willing to bet here. But Alvin Kamara is a really nice one as well. I really like that pick. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I said, there's no, there's no formula. I love Jamar Chase in dynasty. Um, And again, I would actually, I think he's in competition with Justin Jefferson for the top overall wide receiver in dynasty. If you're, if you're in a dynasty and you're doing a startup this year and we'll talk, we've got a lot of time for dynasty stuff, but if you're in a start, you're, you know, that first, you're not taking Cooper cup. Like he is not the number one. He's old. Right. He's 29, 20, going to be 29. He's old. I love what he's going to do the next three years. But what you want is a player like Chase or Jefferson, I think, number one and A.J. Brown to build around these young studs that look like they're kind of unstoppable at the wide receiver position that should have seven, eight, nine, ten years of productivity um, ahead of them. I want to ask you about a player whose perception probably changed in the last three weeks more than anyone else, which is Cam Akers. Yeah. All right. So I got to bring up Cam Akers because this is the right after the Super Bowl show. Sure. And, you know, for a minute, Cam Akers was being, I see Cam Akers right now. When I was doing a little research for this, I did like, I looked at some top 12s just to see where, where the field was at. Cam Akers' name was coming up as a top 12 fantasy pick on yeah. some lists. Like if they're still out there, I don't want to call anybody out. But then we saw a guy who just didn't look that good. Now, it could be the Achilles still affecting him, which is very possible. It could be he's not that good. He, it, it could, you know, there's any number of things. But what do you think in terms of Cam Akers? Where, where is he in your hierarchy at the running back position? Right now, we just saw the Super Bowl. Didn't look good. Didn't look good in the previous two games either, even with the volume. Yeah, it's funny. It's actually really funny you say that and you don't have my show sheet in front of you. But under Jamar Chase at 12, I wrote honorable mention at 13 Cam Akers for the exact reason that we're talking about him. He would have been in my top 12 if he didn't look so not so great, you know, in the playoffs. But again, I think the thing that is going underrated and this is where recency bias comes in all the time where we can get value you know, in fantasy football is, again, people are going to remember Cam Akers of the postseason, not the fact that he did something no player has ever done before in coming back from Achilles injury and now has another seven months until next season when he recovered from the surgery in just five and a half months, and now he has seven to get better. Obviously, I'm going to listen to the injury analysts and people like that that, you know, know what they know about Achilles injuries a lot more than maybe you and I do. But I love Cam Akers. He was going to be my flag plant, if not Swift. So I think things are going to get a lot better. And I think the fact that he was even on the field playing. And again, the last thing I want to say about Cam Akers that makes me confident in him is like neither Daryl Henderson, the Super Bowl, or Sony Michelle were doing anything more than Cam Akers. You know, I'm not making an excuse because Cam Akers, we expect him to be much better than those guys. But the fact that he still was just as good as both of those guys, you know, throughout the playoffs, I know Daryl Henderson only played one game. But I think to me that says that, you know, he has a lot of room for improvement considering that he's probably very rusty and very much hurting right now with seven more months to train. I'm a full believer in Cam Akers. Maybe I'm a little bit biased because I love him, but I'm I'm going to be in on him, you know, relative to cost probably this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, it's a tricky one for me with Cam. But yeah. what I do know is the Achilles injury 
that's a two-year injury. And yeah. I, don't, I never heard of somebody coming back this quickly. Yeah. Um, we can look at past Achilles injuries. It, it's been a career ruiner. Yeah. You know who looked good, but it's taken years for him to finally – Donta Foreman. Yep, I love that. Yep. Or the Achilles, right? It took a couple of years for this guy. And finally this past year, I really feel like he looked okay. That's a guy I drafted um, in the second round of some dynasty leagues. Like he was a guy I was excited about. He was a second round dynasty guy, right? This was a guy, a prospect that we we're excited for. He, he, he hurt and, and Swaggy's got it. You, you know, modern day. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, bro. Did they change the surgery? How did he come back in five months? Another guy who came back, who's looked good, uh, but it took a full year is uh, Emmanuel Sanders had the Achilles injury. So it's been a death sentence for players in the past. Then it was a year and a half. Like you weren't expecting them to be fully healthy the next year, maybe kind of work their way back. And now we saw Cam Akers pull off a miracle. So I think you will get your wish, Alex, and you will be able to have Cam Akers on all of your teams because I don't think that his uh, draft position will maintain that top 12 or 13 spot. I think he's going to drop. The, we saw him. He didn't look that good. And for whatever that's worth, you will be able to get Cam, I think, next year at the in the end of the second round. And that could be the steal of the year. <laughs> it could yeah. be a, a committee running back. We don't know. It's it's not clear. Of course. And what I think – go ahead. Sorry, if I can just interject real quick. I think yeah, that people forget about – and this is the same with Cam Akers. I might read something about Achilles injuries tomorrow and be like, yeah, I'm not drafting him no matter what. This is how I feel right now in February. But, again, just like I am and you are, I am going to be sitting at this desk all summer reading everything I can possibly read about Achilles injuries and Cam Akers and all that, and things are definitely going to change. But I like what you said. I mean, maybe I'll be in on him relative to cost, but maybe I'll be like you and or someone else and be like, no way I'm touching these guys after looking through the history and everything like that. So I think things are so relative to change. I think that's one other thing that people don't talk about enough and think that, you know, just because you, you know, have Derrick Henry at number two or three, or you have Cooper Cup at number two now means that you're going to have him there in September. No, that's the beauty of the way too early. Yeah. Listen, we're just, this is rapid reaction at the end of a sure. season, right? We just saw it. It's fresh on the mind. Um, and so you want to put your thoughts down just so that really you, I mean, you'll have 20 more, uh, videos about rankings and and uh, positional ranks and and all of that between now and so a lot between now and, and the start of the season we'll do super we'll, we'll look at all these different angles there's free agency there's there's um there's the nfl draft a player gets picked up last year you know who was my number five in my bold call it was james robinson really right the season he was he was like five or six and then they draft travis Etienne. i'm like all right forget him he's done and then of course Etienne gets hurt again i'm like bring him back but but um, bring him back up, and we I had him as a pretty high second round pick. It didn't work out because the Jaguars terrible. But you know I had high hopes for uh, Trevor, and uh, I was a little disappointed this year. Their coach terrible. Maybe better next year. You can't. I can't blame uh, Trevor for what happened with Urban Meyer and that mess in in Jacksonville. We'll see. We'll see what happens next year. But I'm trying to think of any other any other. Uh, late season kind of changes, but that, that guy was, he was the primary. It was really Cam Akers affecting his draft status late. And of course, Odell Beckham getting hurt. I think he's pretty much um, going to be out of the picture next year. Now, unfortunately I was really liking Odell coming into the final game in his role with that team. And now it's, it's unfortunately toast. So but I'm glad that if it's similar to um, 
Andrew Garfield in the Spider-Man movies, you know, in, in No Way Home. I love that if this is it for Odell Beckham, that he is going to go out on a positive note and that people are going to remember him as revitalizing that small bit of his career if he does happen to retire. I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I'm happy at least similar to like an Andrew Garfield and Spider-Man that, you know, people are, have positive thoughts about him now because I thought it was ridiculous what people thought about him, that he was the problem and not Baker. But I know that does tend to happen with some other diva wide receivers. So fair thoughts by those people. We're of the same mind. I've been talking about this all year that everybody called Odell the poison. Yeah. It turned out Baker just sucks. Like, yep. oh, all right, that's good to know. I, you know, I was believing it too. I'm like, how did this guy? He's on Odell was on all my dynasty teams, all of them, because he yeah. was so easy to get late last year that I was just taking him very late. And, um, you know, I, I just kept thinking, like, he's too talented. Why is why, you know, he's got to be good. He's the only guy, and he sucked for the first half of the season with Baker. And I was like, all right, you know, I took a shot and then, and then this change in your life and, and just having a real quarterback. And we saw a lot of that as well with just Cooper cup, right? We saw a great quarterback really makes all the difference in the world for these guys. So that's really awesome. Alex, that's going to do it for the bowl call. That's our top 12. This was awesome having you on here. Um, I want to mention again, if you guys watching this, you want a full year round subscription for both fantasy football, best ball content, daily fantasy football in season. Everybody knows DFS army is the best spot for uh, daily fantasy football advice and all of that. We have our season long 12 month pass still going strong. Um, 199 full season. So if you go to dfsarmy.com, it's in the description below, check it out, get signed up. If you want to check out Alex Caruso's stuff, you can check out the fresh fantasy podcast on your Twitter feed, on your Apple Podbean, stitcher feeds, the fresh fantasy podcast. I know you hit your hundredth episode recently. My man is churning content regularly. And of course, on Twitter at fresh underscore fantasy and oh uh, no, uh, at TikTok at fresh underscore fantasy and on Twitter at Alex Caruso. Look out for the basketball player, Alex Caruso. Different guy. Also loves fantasy football. Different guy. Similar, but different. So look out. Not him talking this, Alex. Um, Alex, thanks for popping on the show. And hopefully we'll have you back on again real soon. For everybody else, take care. We will see you guys next time with another Bowl Call Fantasy Football Podcast.